folks. Welcome to a podcast about Catholic themes. This is Eric, the Ambassador of Common Sense, and I'm here with... Dan, the Ambassador of Nonsense. Welcome, everyone. And here I am again at the last second adjusting my microphone uh, volumes and stuff like that. What happens is I, I end up um, recording on another computer and then... And then I decide, well, I'm going to record on this computer today, and then I have to readjust everything, and mm-hmm. I keep switching. But now I'm all good. Okay. So, um, we did not really plan a subject for today, but uh, in order to keep the, keep the uh, momentum going, we're going to force ourselves to record, and we're going to take... I guess I guess every now and then we're going to take kind of the classic apologetic questions that Protestants ask and uh, give kind of some more in-depth than most uh, apologists would give. Um, are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. You hadn't said anything in a long, long time, and I thought, Sorry. Well, <laughs> yeah. he must be reading, or I lost him. I am actually reading. <laughs> um, but I, here's the thing. Um, if you, if you take, um, if you want to build a house and you start laying bricks down in an organized way to build a good, strong foundation, then you make this house that has a lot of floors, a lot of different rooms, and a lot of different stuff. And you can explore each room real in in, in, a, in a lot of detail. But if you don't do real well with your foundation, yeah, you end up with less of a house. It just it you can't put as much there. And so when you've got say a Protestant who has this question that normally would go to an apologist, he gives, really he gives, gener- and, and he should, gives kind of foundational answers. Like, you know, do you worship Mary? No, we do not worship Mary. And then a simple explanation of what, what we believe about Mary. Right, but distinction between the, worship and honor and blah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. The answer can be a lot deeper than that. It's just that a lot of times there's no reason to go into it because um, the normal Protestant isn't going to understand the answer because he doesn't have the foundation that a traditional Catholic would have. Right. So I'm and- kind of thinking we could we could go in deeper than the normal Protestant might understand, you know, to make it at least more interesting for Catholics who have already heard this answer five billion times. Well, you know, that's true. I I hadn't even thought of that aspect of it. But, yeah, sometimes, like, I'll listen to, um, you know, like, I used to uh, jump on the radio and listen to, um, uh, what is it, the the afternoon the, show when I lived up in Michigan. The shows. Like one of, yeah, one of the EWTN shows, one, you know, the... the um, where people would call in with questions and a lot of times they would say, okay, Protestants only and, and stuff like that. And yeah. Um, but you're right. It, they, they, they seemed a little bit unsatisfying because after you have listened to about three or four of those shows, of course, you know, Protestants 
<laughs> who want to challenge Catholics tend to ask the same, uh, I, I don't know, dozen yeah. or so questions over and over again. That, that there's not a lot there um, that you, you find that's new. And the answers tend to always go the same the same depth and and no further um there's yeah. it's almost like there are straightforward uh i don't want to use the word pat but but kind of like that uh, answers that we have yeah. um and sometimes it's nice to say well wait a minute let's explore that a little bit more and and think about what that might mean um and so one of the uh things that i find often is that the foundational thing, the, the thing that you got to get right before you can really have the deeper discussion, I think a lot of times just has to do with vocabulary more than anything else. Yeah, it, uh, it sure does. And, and once you know the vocabulary, it's it almost becomes boring to listen to apologetics. Right. Because right. It, it's, it's the same answers over and over again. And it's like, well... And, and, and the thing is, you would think it would be more interesting because every now and then they offer to allow Protestants to argue on that point. But the arguments are almost always circular. And again, it it keeps you from ever going any deeper because you still argue, you end up arguing about the the basics that, you know, that we got over learning a long time ago, we don't even think about learning anymore. Because when you go into a house, you're, you don't look a whole lot at the foundation. The foundation is there, and then you can look at all the other rooms and look at the fireplaces and the mantles and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's, that's what our uh, hopes are for this show today and future shows like it. Um, but we'll we'll see how it goes. Maybe... Maybe what our answers are aren't all that deep, but we'll we're not scripting any of this. Like we don't we don't script any of our shows, so we'll see not how yet. it goes. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. So well, I guess the one of the first subjects that um, I've heard Protestants ask a lot on other um, podcasts and shows, and you know, also this is one that. Uh, when I got married to Vicky, her dad is a Protestant minister, and he brought it up. And that mm-hmm. is that Jesus died on the cross for us one time and paid for all sin in that one sacrifice. But Catholics believe that we re-sacrifice Jesus every day at the Mass. Oh. And it kind of devalues... it. it in our mind, it would devalue the one sacrifice as if that wasn't enough, as if we have to keep doing it. Otherwise, it doesn't pay for the sins. That's one of those things. First of all, one of the things that... Um, I have to get know, coffee while you talk. Okay, I'll start talking. Every uh, Catholic is, is taught from, you know, from a, a very young age um, that Jesus died and rose from the dead and he can't die anymore. So I, I, I think having that in mind from the very beginning, um, as a teaching of our faith allows Catholics, even as children, to understand something about the Mass that, that I guess Protestants tend to miss. And I, not because Protestants don't have that teaching, but because Protestants don't have that teaching, uh, sort of pounded into them as a Catholic teaching, 
from their very formative years. Uh, so, you know, when a Protestant starts trying to kind of scope out the Catholic mindset, he, he doesn't have that, uh, that foundation that says, well, Christ can't die anymore. If he did, he would know that no Catholic would ever, no, no Catholic that knows what he's about, um, would ever suggest that we sacrifice Christ again, that we somehow bring about the death of Christ again. It can't happen again. Um, and, but what, what we, you know, a lot of times I think what, what Catholics tend to answer is, is, oh, well, the cross was an, un, was a bloody sacrifice and the mass is an unbloody sacrifice. And so we're offering Christ again, but in an unbloody manner. Um, but that only goes so far because I think what, what you miss when you leave it there is that there's a real intimate relationship between the mass and the cross. Um, if we look at the last supper and the crucifixion, um, so hold on here a second. Yeah. Um, okay. I've, I've heard that said several times and I guess I, I never thought too deeply about it, about it being an unbloody sacrifice because, um, when I'm at mass or when I'm thinking about the mass, I don't necessarily think, I'm not thinking in terms of bloody and unbloody. I mean, there's the sacrifice. Is that, is that something that was spelled out somewhere or is it just a way that people started talking about it? Well, it's something that was developed, um, in order to make the explanation more, um, more clear. So, it, 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 I don't think it was, I think the, the reason it was spelled out was in order to introduce, um, a distinction between the cross and the mass while preserving, uh, the essential, uh, identity of the two. And so what we see in the, like the, for example, the Baltimore Catechism, um, is an explanation that the mass is the same sacrifice as the cross. But it, but what's different is not that they're a different sacrifice, but that the manner of offering the sacrifice is different. Uh, the cross was offered in a bloody manner. The mass offers the very same sacrifice, but in an unbloody manner. And you would... that's, you know. Okay. Yeah. But that's, that's the thing that, you know, the, the, um, I think that, it may be easy to miss what, you know, if a Catholic just says, well, it's the same sacrifice. Oh, okay. So you're offering the same sacrifice again and again and again. It's like, well, okay, wait a minute. No, that's not quite what's going on here. Um, because there's the, what happens is the, at the last supper, that's when Christ made the, uh, commitment to offer himself in the form of a wedding feast. Um, if you think about what, what a marriage is, it's a union. And at the Last Supper, a union between Christ and uh, us humans, uh, you know, the human race, was completed. He had taken on our nature and became human, he who was divine. 
And at the Last Supper, he gave directly to his apostles, but with a command to then perpetuate um, the ability to join with him completely according to our natures, his nature. He said of the bread, this is my body, and of the wine, he changed it into his blood, and then he gave them the apostles to uh, to eat and drink. And in doing so, he made it so that the apostles entered into a complete union with him, his body with their bodies. But Christ wasn't wasn't dead at the time that he did this. Um, so when he gave them his body, held his body in his hands and gave it to him to eat, he was giving them his living body, which was united to his human soul, which in the mystery of the hypostatic union is united to his divinity. He's only one person. And when he gave us his human nature to consume and unite ourselves with the apostles initially, and then us through the perpetuation of the mass as commanded by him, we enter into a union with him that completes the marriage of the lamb. That's, and that's what's, what's written about in Revelation uh, 19, uh, chapter 19, verse 9, it says, The angel said to me, write this, Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And this is right after uh, the angels are, are singing about the, the bride being prepared and now is the time for the yeah. wedding of the Lamb. Right after that, we see the rider on the white horse, uh, the heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, he who sat upon it, called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and makes war, his eyes are like a flame of fire, and so forth, and then eventually becomes clear that this is Christ. This rider on the white horse then rides into battle and defeats the beast. Now, how was the beast defeated? By the cross. What happened right before the cross? The Last Supper. So this chapter 19 of Revelation is revealing what really was going on with the Last Supper and then the cross, a marriage followed by the sacrifice of the cross. Christ united himself to his bride and then united with his bride. He rode in and defeated the beast by sacrificing himself on the cross. He offered himself as a uh, sacrifice to the Father but he offered that united to his bride. So the idea is that he calls us to unite ourselves with him in his sacrifice of the cross. The way he does that is that he mystically makes the cross itself, that very same sacrifice present to us everywhere throughout the world in a way that we can participate, not just intentionally, but actually by receiving and then being united with him just as the apostles were the very first time at the Last Supper as he goes to the cross. And so what actually happens during the Mass is that we get mystically transported into the cross through our reception of Holy Communion. Yeah. Um... And, and the priest acts in the person of Christ. Now Christ, he took the bread and said, this is my body which is offered for you. He's offering it then, and then what does he do? He goes and fulfills that offering on the cross. So the cross is the fulfillment of the Mass. If you uh, if you kind of think about it 
in in terms of a story and i i guess you know c.s lewis kind of portrayed this well in the uh the the lion movie or the lion book oh the lion, the lion witch, witch in the wardrobe, in the wardrobe. um mm-hmm. but here we are satan sees that jesus has come down and become a man and there are times even that satan doubts is this really god but um you know he's plotting and plotting and plotting and he's seeing that all right i'm about to spring this trap and god who came down to try to rescue man or try to save man and try to uh make man um the children of god mm-hmm. the adopted children of god is about to fail because i've got all these people and i've got things lined up and as he's lining this up, there's this supper where Jesus says these things that probably didn't quite make any sense to the devil at the time. And right. then he springs this trap, and here we see Jesus crucified, and he's thinking, I've done it. I've won. It didn't work. He didn't come down and save him, and that's exactly what saves us. And it's suddenly... uh that between the Last Supper and the resurrection, suddenly it's all flipped over, and now man is saved. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I don't know. It's every now and then I think about that, and I think I think the closest the closest story to showing that was probably the Lion Witch in the Wardrobe. I, mm-hmm. and but it, even then, yeah. it didn't quite do it. No, it well, yeah, yeah, and then you know the. the yeah, C.S. Lewis was, he always lacked a little bit of something because he never, uh, became Catholic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and, and yeah, that's, that's exactly right. And so what, what the Mass does is, is it's our participation in, in that very event that flipped it. Yeah. And the, the apostles, the apostles were participating in the crucifixion when mm-hmm. they sat at that right. last supper. They're, right. And he had, I guess we should bring up the verses, but um, he had very specifically told his apostles, you will eat my flesh. And they're like, well, did not I really eat it? And he said, no, you will gnaw on my flesh. Yeah. You will chew well, it that's with right. yeah, the, teeth. The John, uh, um, the, the Eucharistic uh, sermon in John, I think it's John chapter 6, right? Um, yeah. John chapter 6, Jews murmured against him because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. And they're saying, isn't this Jesus, uh, son of Joseph? We know who his father and mother are. Uh, He says, don't murmur among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him and I will raise him up on the last day. It is written in the prophets and they shall all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the father comes to me. And then later he says, truly I say to you, uh, oh no, uh, not the name of the I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the man in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread which comes down from heaven that a man may eat and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread which I shall give for the life of the world is my flesh. I'm not. And uh... then they continue disputing. He says yeah. to them, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. So now he's introducing drinking the blood. 
He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. Yeah, that's, you know, all of the English translations just use the word eat again and again and again. Yeah. And um, a lot of Protestants um, will try to say, well, he, he's just using, what he really means is is partake or participate or yeah. something like that. Um, but, but no, when, when, um, you know, those who have, you know, scholars who have studied, um, the earlier, um, the earlier versions of the gospel in, in, in their, let's see, John's, I don't know, was John's written in Greek originally or what, but, but, but they've said that, that no, those earlier versions actually use different words each time. And each time that, uh, he repeats it and uses, you know, says eat my flesh, he uses a, a word with a little bit more physicality to it. Um, yeah, to, to uh, where it's almost uh, gross the way he's saying it. <laughs> this is a physical thing you're going to do. You will eat my body. He promised this and even allowed everybody to leave him. And then uh, people leave him and the apostles, of course, say, well, he says, are you going to go too? And he's, they're like, well, where, where are we going to go? We have nowhere to go. And so um, after promising you will eat my body, he sits down at this weird supper and starts breaking pieces of bread and saying, "Here, this, this is my body. This is my body." Yeah, yeah um, that's true. Well, you know, it, it's also interesting. He he says, um, you know, when, when when they're kind of murmuring against him and everything, um, and they say, "Well, you know, who can listen to this?" He says, "Well, you know, what if you saw the Son of Man ascending to where he was before in heaven?" And then he says, it is the spirit that gives life. The flesh is of no avail. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. Some, some translations say spirit and truth. Yeah, so some translations say spirit and truth. My, my Bible says spirit and life. But I, I, I like the spirit and truth because earlier in that same gospel, he's at, he's at the well with the uh, Samaritan woman. Yeah. And they're kind of going back and forth. But at one point he says to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain, which is where her people worship, nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You will worship, you worship what you do not know. We worship what we know for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. So it's almost as if having said this to the woman, and of course, for the benefit of everybody, because the, the, you know, obviously the, that conversation got recorded. Then later he says this thing about eating the flesh of the son of man. And he says, my words are spirit and truth as though to say, and what I told her that, that we're going to worship the father in spirit and truth. This is how you're going to do it. You're going to eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood. Yeah, that is. The so there's truth of a whole lot that goes on. It's kind of interesting that, um, I, you know, the, the, the three synoptic gospels all have a account of the Eucharistic, um, institution that, you know, where, where he actually breaks the bread and says, this is my body. The gospel of John doesn't have that account and yet seems to have more like woven through it about supporting the, the mystery of the Eucharist uh, and, and opening up that, that understanding of the mass 
more so than the other yeah. gospels do. It, it's kind of interesting, ironic, I guess. Yeah. Um, so it's it's you know the the mass is the truth, and uh, those who can't accept the truth left Jesus, and those who can't accept the truth do not join the Catholic Church, and they miss out on the wedding feast. Right. And I, you know, I wonder if you could kind of equate this, this wedding feast to the day you stand and, and make your vows at a wedding and the mass is like sex. You could. It, I, I think that'd make a lot of people uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> but that is how you <laughs> take part in the marriage. It's not only yeah, now, that's, but I mean, yeah, they, that is mm-hmm. the climax of the marriage. When you think about it, I mean, Jesus referred to his relationship to the church in nuptial terms, both both in little hints, like for example, meeting the the Samaritan woman at, at a, the well. That to the to the Jews that actually had uh, nuptial significance. Yeah. Um, but so Jesus referred to his relationship to the church as a marriage, and he you know used the concept of a wedding feast and that kind of stuff. Um, but it's even more, I think, interesting that the Bible itself opens with a wedding, which is the wedding of Adam and Eve, and it closes with a wedding, which is the marriage of the lamb. Yeah. I mean, practically. I mean, within a chapter or two. Right. It's, so uh, it kind of bookended, it, you know, the whole thing. And yeah. it's like, okay, well, wait a minute. All of salvation history is one big marriage story. Yeah, and it's, um, you go back to the point that, um, religion itself is about our relationship with God and his relationship with us and the fact that he wants the relationship. Yeah, yeah. It, you, Plus, it's not, all the times. It's not <laughs> necessarily something you study. All, it, there's a relationship there. All the and times that, that he, that God in the Old Testament Always, always, always refers to when when the Israelites are you know worshiping false gods. He calls it playing the harlot consistently. Yeah. I mean that yeah he he even in the Old Testament he's likening his relationship to then the Israelites from whom salvation will come, uh, of course ultimately to his church in marital terms like that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, All right. So what's what's the next thing we'll move on? Okay. Uh, We were going to talk about, you know, we kind of we touched on this, but um, yeah, concupiscence, and I guess you know, there's the whole question of um, predestination, and oh, right, the hey, you know what, the will as it exists. Hold on a minute. And whether gonna, or not you might want whether or not we um, really have free will. Hey, everybody! I just want to apologize. Uh, you suddenly probably heard my voice get a lot nicer. I properly tuned my microphone. I'll just cut out the whole first half hour of the show. <laughs> there we go. The first half we don't need that anyway. <laughs> okay, we're talking about kind of. A, 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 a little bit of predestination, a little bit of free will, a little bit of uh, concupiscence, and whether or not 
someone can choose to do good, uh, whether or not fallen man can choose to do good uh, without the grace of God. Yeah, that's um, are, are that's all of, of our sins because evil? If yeah, or are all of our acts evil necessarily without yeah. God's grace having fallen? Um, you know, I I would I I I mean I I know that there's I know that one of the things that you know Protestants uh, struggle with is is this idea that we can't justify ourselves we we can only be justified in christ as a as a gift of god a, you know as an act of grace and i think they incorrectly turn that into we can't do anything that's good but part of the problem is that i think you need to kind of use a little bit of um i don't know subtlety and understanding when you think about the word good and and what you mean by it when you say something like that because on the one hand if you think about okay god created you know man god created us okay so put adam and eve put them in the garden right okay so and, and he gave you know he said hey you can you can eat of all the fruits of the garden and you know except for the tree in the middle of the garden that you know i said don't eat that but um the point is he created us to eat. He, I mean, he, he didn't create us, you know, eating isn't the completion of our purpose. But what I mean is that it's part of our nature to eat. He created us with the intention that we eat. So okay. in doing that, we're fulfilling a part of our nature. We're fulfilling a, a part of something that he intended us to do uh, for the goodness of our bodies. For the sake of our health and the, and the right working of our bodies and the, you know, all the balance of electrolytes and nutritions that, that let us be fit and strong and so on and so forth. So when we eat properly, we're doing something that's good in a manner of the understanding of good. Um, it's not, that doesn't necessarily rise to a level of something that you might call virtue, but it is good. So we can do good things just naturally. Um, what we can't do is without God's grace, you know, now that we've sinned and when we're in, you know, even, even after baptism, when we're in a state of sin, we can't do anything that's meritorious. Uh, so we can't do anything that, uh, merits the grace of God and merits a participation in the joys of the saints. And so on and so forth. That's what we need God for. That's what we need grace for is to turn ourselves to those supernatural, um, I want to, you know, maybe we could call them supernatural virtues. Um, but the idea of, uh, doing something that is, uh, not merely naturalistic, but, uh, because of the intentionality of it is justified before God. Um, so that's, you know, that, that's one of those things. I I think that, that there's a lot of, um, failure to, to, uh, it's kind of like, I'm trying to think of a good analogy here that, that, um, if you, uh, use a term in one way and then because the term applies, you go use it in another way 
but because but you're using the same work. term, you th- you think that you're making a solid argument. Um, yeah. You, you know what I mean? It, it's mm. um, So there's a difference between good and meritorious, and there's... I mean, it's kind an, of an like, animal can do something good. <laughs> it's kind of like if you bring if you bring your hat, cat home from the vet, and you say to your kids, "All right, well, the cat is healthy," <laughs> and the kids go and eat the cat, and you say, "What'd you do that for?" <laughs> well, you said it was healthy, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> but as for animals, say animals can do good things. Well, yeah, they, yeah. So it's, but they can never do meritorious things because their good right. things are all instinctual and, and not by free will. Right. And people can do more meritorious things, but not without the grace of God. Um, having fallen. Right. Having fallen, Which, we can't merit anything. But it's not that it's not that we take the crucifixion and claim it as our own and then say, okay, now we have the merit of the crucifixion. Um, God allows us to merit by way of the crucifixion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, of course, uh, the way we take part in that is we go back to the Mass. That's right. I mean, That's the, the, we... the, the sacramental way of the Church is how we achieve that. Even starting with baptism, that, you know, it, it restores grace. And then from a state of grace, we can unite with Christ in the mass as he goes to the cross. And, and therefore we can merit through the cross that which God is, you know, wants to invite us into. Right. It's not like, um, look, there must be some merit to things that we do, uh, because Paul himself said that the, the, uh, the cross was lacking, which we know it wasn't lacking anything. It's just that right. We make up for what was lacking in the cross. Yeah, and and what that is exactly is our participation. So there's so the the cross itself is super abundant in its merits, but we have to do something. I mean, God is the first actor, but our free will has to be a a response in order for us to uh, receive the fruits of that. Yeah. And, and that, so, you know, so we definitely have free, will. you know, I guess, I guess the idea is that some, I guess there must be some Protestant and, and, and I, you know, I got to admit, I'm not schooled in the various Protestant thoughts, Jansenism and Calvinism and, and so on and so forth. Even, yeah. even Lutheranism, although I'm more, more familiar with Luther than, than some of the others, certainly. Um, but I think I think there were some who believe that that not only did man maybe this was a Puritan idea too, uh, not only did man like fall and become unable to you know to gain his own justification, but that he perhaps completely lost free will in the fall, and and it's almost like God uh, sort of just kind of randomly or or uh, arbitrarily selects certain people to say, okay, you're going to be saved. You're going to be saved. You're going to be saved. And then gives them the grace, therefore, to do that, which would they, you know, which would indicate that they're going to be saved, but that, but there's no participation of their own free will in that equation or in that dynamic. I, I think that's, I think that's actually how some models of Protestantism work. 
That would stink. <laughs> that would, would stink. Well, you know, if, that, that, if that's the I case, remember. I see, I see no reason to try anything ever. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's like, okay, well, either I have it or I don't then. If I don't have it, then there's nothing I can do to get it. And if I do have it, it's, it's just going to happen. I don't have to give it any effort. What is the point of any religion then? Uh, well, yeah, exactly. And, and why Sometimes would... Sometimes I wonder about the, um, the, the reincarnational religions like, like Hinduism. It's like, well, okay, you know, if you know you're going to be reincarnated and, and have another chance to, to, you know, make yourself, you know, yeah. build yourself up, you know, if, if you are in a life here that allows you to, you know, have access to worldly pleasures and make this life easy and nice for you, why not just do that and say, well, you know, I, I'll have to pay later because yeah. maybe I'll get reincarnated as a cricket or something like that. Okay, but, uh, just kill yourself. But, and so what? I'm, I'm still going to eventually again. make it. I mean, I'm destined eventually for Nirvana or whatever. So I, I'll, I'll go ahead and take this cycle through my life and just kind of enjoy it. <laughs> if uh, if free will was not a part of our salvation, then there would be no reason for Christ to tell us go proclaim the gospel. That's right. Exactly. That the only reason to proclaim the gospel is because he, people are free to respond to it. And it, and it's a serious charge. Yeah. Yeah, he he, he wasn't it wasn't a um, I'm kidding. Wasn't a suggestion. <laughs> it it's a command. It's a commission. <laughs> um yeah. but you know that that um that brings, you know, the image that, and I forget which teacher it was at, at St. Martin's School growing up, and, and they were talking about the uh, um, the Puritans and, and kind of their model of, what, what's weird is I seem to remember this not from, like, religion class or anything like that, but from, like, maybe literature class like or, 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 I don't think it was social studies. I think it was, like, some kind of English class or something like that, but, but this image that they had of God kind of holding you like you're a spider and God's holding the the web that you're at the end of out over the the fires the the pits of hell and and it's kind of like you're just at God's mercy to whether he's going to decide to drop it or keep you kind of that kind of a thing but it's it's as arbitrary as just Yikes. discarding a spider or something well um if it were that arbitrary and if it were that cold, um, it would seem odd that he would come down and die for us at all. Yeah, why would he bother dying for us if that's all he cares? Yeah, yeah. It, what it's it's like I have a bunch love of people is an here. Act I don't of free care. Will. You know, I maybe I'll maybe I'll select some to be saved, and oh, but in order to save them, I got to go die for them. Okay, I'll go die for them so I can. Select I'll just them go do that real to, quick to force them to be saved. Yeah, it's like you yeah. know that it just doesn't make any sense at all. And I get it, you know, it, there's two of them here that are bundled into one because What's, there's the saints okay. and then there's statues of the saints. Oh, and, that's right. You know, this. <laughs> Maybe we want to save yeah, the next I one think, for next time. I think we're, I think we're okay then. Um, here's the thing though. I don't have, I don't really have current events. You don't have what? Current events. Oh, I don't okay. have much news. Well, but I've got a few newsy things, but... Hold on a second. Yeah. Let me... I am going to go through some of them and kind of pull them out as I'm... Yeah, I'm just kind of do this on the fly. Uh, 
first of all, there's this weird thing where everybody wants to withdraw troops from Afghanistan. I don't know what it's about, but I can say something's wrong here. Um, we've been in Afghanistan for like 20-something years. Um, interesting enough, Biden says that we will withdraw, that, that we will leave Afghanistan by September 11th. That, that's kind of, uh, that's, that's just, that done, something's wrong here. Trump wanted to get us out of all the wars that he could. Trump wanted our boys home. Trump ended every conflict that he could end, and he just refused to start conflicts that were not in our best interests. And Trump did not stop the arm, uh, the, the, the armed presence in Afghanistan. He didn't pull us out. I, I think there's something wrong here. And I, I have to wonder if maybe it has something to do with Russia. Oh, you know what? That could be. I mean, Russia and Afghanistan were, were going at it forever for a long time. That was, it, it, that's how, uh, and we, you know, we helped Afghanistan. We we kind of armed them against Russia. And then remember the whole Iran Contra thing. Yeah. I think Afghanistan was involved in that. I'm not. I'm not really good with this history. I don't know this history. All I know is that Trump wanted to end all the wars that he could, but he didn't end that one. And the second Biden gets in. He's formally He's announcing that we're going to get troops out of Afghanistan. Something seems wrong with this, and I don't know yeah, what. The, but the landscape of the world is going to change a lot during the Biden presidency. Yeah, and it. Uh, we just need nonstop prayers. Yeah. Um, let's see. We've got uh, okay. ISIL in Iraq. Um, there was uh, a city in Baghdad that uh, there was some suicide killer, I guess. Uh, four people are killed. Seventeen others are wounded. Um, you know, they were in Syria. They're in Iraq now. I, I don't know. It's building back up. Yeah. That, that, it, it's a shame that... I mean, we talked about it last week. And there's there's more news already on that. I mean, yeah. they're very active. Uh, the the situation with Ukraine and Russia is getting more tense. Um, the U.S. is putting uh, more and more sanctions on Russia. And Russia keeps saying that they're going to retaliate somehow. They're not really saying how. Um, you had mentioned that the real tension to watch is between Russia and China because yeah, now that I mean, the U.S. is not going to keep them in check, they're going to just start grabbing as much as they can. Um, and it's weird that we're putting all this against Russia and none of it against China. It makes me think, okay, Biden's already decided China's got more money probably is what it is. Yeah. yeah China's there's, there's giving something Ch China. Biden and everyone else involved more money. And that's why we're kind of siding against Russia in all of these. We're not talking. I'm not talking about Russia and China going against each other. I'm just saying that we keep criticizing Russia and we're not criticizing China. 
despite all these things that China is doing. Yeah. In fact, what what was the event we tried to criticize China on something and China said, "Hey, you you just admitted that your whole system is built on racism, so don't yeah. talk to us about." <laughs> yeah, about, we were talking uh, about, you know, rights. um <laughs> about you know, killing all genocide and stuff. Um mm-hmm. I I think we were specifically talking about killing Muslims. Oh, well, that's right. That's right. Their treatment of Muslims. Yeah. Because they've got Muslims in, in uh, like, concentration camps and stuff like that, I think. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, in the U.S., we've got we've got more and more mass shootings going on all of a sudden. Oh, wow. Remember four years, almost none? I mean, there were a couple here and there, there and some of them were yeah, kind of big. But you're hearing about them, like, two or three times a week now, it seems. Yeah. Uh, we got in, oh, well, where you are, FedEx. FedEx, yep. Indianapolis. Uh, let's see, eight people killed, seven injured, and then he killed himself. Killed himself. Um, right. Just a disgruntled, got, like, somebody was fired or something like that. It was nuts. Yeah, crazy. Uh, and then we've got more, you know, police shootings that are causing riots. Uh, there's... No, one in Chicago, um, Mayor Lightfoot, I, I guess, basically said, go ahead and destroy the city. You know, they call for calm amidst fears of unrest. But, you know, when, when the mayor comes out and says, okay, our police killed someone unjustly, instead of waiting for a trial or something like that, it, it basically says... It tells, it's almost like inviting people to riot. That's, yeah. That's what's happening in these cities after city now. Um, now there was a shooting in Columbus, um, and they, they're trying to get the riots going there. I don't think they're going very well. <laughs> trying to get them going. <laughs> well, yeah. you know, the thing about uh, the, the Columbus shooting, that was the one with, where, uh, that one they had full body cam. And they were able yeah. to show that this this girl was was using a knife to try to attack somebody or something like that when she was killed. Yeah. And it was like you know so so completely uh, necessary to shoot her at that point. Um, but you know I I almost kind of wish the police had held back a little bit and let the news get a little bit more you know frenzied and and yeah uh, let them kind of develop their just 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 to give it a little bit more punch in terms of. Uh, maybe see stripping away some of the credibility of the news. But you would, I mean, I like, I don't hey, understand how, how they. It, if that hasn't happened already, then then it's not going to happen. Yeah, they they don't have any credibility. Yeah. Uh, well, they have the they give people, people give excuses credibility. to. I, you know. I mean, they don't have any credibility among thinking Americans, but. Look at how many Americans are non-thinking, and they just grab whatever headline the news gives them, whatever story, I guess whatever that's narrative, and everybody but goes. Why on haven't riots. they learned yet? Why yeah, haven't they figured it out yet? Well, that's I, true. So you I, do what you can. No, certain people are never going to learn. Yeah. Um, so NASA awards SpaceX the uh, contract to build the uh, to to get our next moon landing. I, you know, I don't know if that's still going to happen. I kind of doubt that it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I don't see Biden yeah, he doesn't following like the... through with this. This is like a bunch of money that he would rather use somewhere else, and I don't know. 
we'll see. I just, I, I don't see a whole lot of this kind of um, technology developing during the Biden years. Although, for the first time, it's in a private company instead of um, instead of the government doing it. You know, maybe uh, maybe SpaceX will reach a point where they decide. You know what? We we can fund this ourselves. We don't need the government. What's going on? What it, Windows? Oh, I'm sorry. All right, all right, all right. Okay, uh, sorry. Vicky looked distraught, and I was trying to figure out why. But I guess it's none of my business. Um, Let's just point out. Maybe SpaceX will just take it on themselves to say, you know what? We're going to go to the moon with or without NASA. Yeah. Yeah, that would be cool if they could find a way to make money on it, though. It has to... That's a long-term prospect. You know, when Amazon started... I mean, Amazon actually started turning a profit pretty soon after they launched. But when, yeah. when they first started, I mean, it was books. And I think, like, they didn't expect to make a profit for the first... I, I forget what it was, like, I don't know, five years or something like that. They expected yeah. to be operating at a loss. And, and they ended up making a profit much earlier than that. But, but if you have enough you know, capital, you can say, okay, here's how the profit's going to happen, even though it might take a few years for it to show up. But uh, yeah, it would have of, to be selling seats. It, it couldn't just be research. Speaking of NASA, the, so the Ingenuity helicopter uh, did successfully fly on the surface of Mars. Oh, cool. So it all worked out. Uh, yeah. Again, I'm, just, I'm surprised that they're able to do that, but okay. Yeah. Um, you know, we're still getting news about the storming of the United States Capitol. This is so bogus. They still call it. Uh, so <laughs> finally, finally, they released the information that uh, what's his name, Brian Sicknick, the uh, the Capitol police officer who died, oh. died of natural causes. Oh, he so didn't die from being did, hit in the head with a no. He uh, didn't fire. Uh, what was it? Uh, um, well, you know, they say he died of natural causes, but and a medical examiner says that all that transpired during the riot played a role in his condition. His condition. I, I, I just what don't believe that, that at all. Yeah, yeah, I don't. It means nothing. It doesn't mean anything. <laughs> I know that's the thing. It's BS. <laughs> I, it's like the medical profession is is up for sale now. <laughs> but you know, you know they have it's like we since, have this new abortion. yeah. We've got this new reality that people are taking part in and it's uh so Russia is saying that they will withdraw from the international space station. Uh, uh by because they're by 2025. Okay. No, they're they're not saying why. They're just uh, oh oh. They they're working on a new station. They want to build yeah. their own. Is it is it something that they want to build oh, okay. of their own, uh, or is it just a new international no. space station? As the international space station shows signs of falling apart, Putin approves oh. ambitious plan for Russia to make its own replacement. So I don't uh, know if okay. it's is it no longer going to be international or. Yeah, well, apparently yeah, there have be been something. a lot of uh, air leaks and stuff like that. Yeah, well, you know what? That would be uh, if, I mean, if they're making a bid or a, a move to make their own. That would be something that I could very much see them doing 
in response to Trump's announcement of the Space Force. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, uh, you know, Derek Chauvin is found guilty on all counts in the murder yep. of George Floyd. I, that might be worth talking about. I don't about understand it at all. We, That's, you know, <laughs> yeah, how mean, could this possibly be a fair trial when the jurors admit that not just they themselves, but their families have been threatened over yeah. it? How it's, can... You've got jury intimidation, uh, both specific and kind of at large. Um, you know, major... Uh, politicians uh, calling for um, people to take matters into their own hands if the wrong verdict comes back. You know, this this is a sham yeah. uh, trial if there ever was one. Yeah. So, uh, now, I, I'll, I'll, I'll admit, I haven't watched I haven't watched the trial. I, I, I think it was televised, but I haven't watched it. So, I'll, you know, it, it's kind of like, you remember the, o, well, you know, there were a few of them. There was the OJ trial, there was the um, the yeah. Rodney King trial, where everybody knew what the outcome was going to be, then it wasn't there, and then, you know, everybody shot. But in those cases, those trials weren't televised, so nobody really knows what the jury saw. Um, in this case, I, I think the trial was televised. I haven't watched it. Um, someday I might, just to say, okay, if I were a juror, what... How would I conclude? But the thing is, regardless of, of how I would conclude going and watching it, um, I think it's very clear that this jury never got a chance to conclude based on the evidence because the pressure was already on them how they're going to Yeah, vote. yeah. I, I don't know what the answer is. I just know that this was not a fair trial. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I would feel more sorry for... Uh, Chauvin, if he wasn't a cop, but um, <laughs> yeah, we've talked about that. I That's the to, thing. It's like it, yeah, I know. We, I hate we've never said way, but... all these cops are completely innocent. Um, <laughs> but you know, but you know, the the one thing that is interesting about this, uh, and and it was uh, actually Dinesh D'Souza who pointed this out uh, in one of the podcasts I listened to. But all you know, the left has been just adamant. That this guy has to be guilty for all the reasons that are being, you know, um, yeah, brought out by the prosecution and, and, and everything. But here's the thing: if this guy is guilty for all the reasons that the prosecution lays out, and all the reasons that the left is supporting, and all the screaming support from the the leftist politicians, what does it mean? It means that this guy, this one guy. As a bad actor, he is the one responsible for George Floyd's death. Not the system, not the police force, not yeah, you know white. Uh, what do they call it? White privilege. Yeah, not any of these systemic racism. None of that is yeah, responsible. You can't have it both ways. Officer Chauvin is the one responsible. Either he's responsible, or the system must be responsible. So if George Floyd isn't responsible. But by by insisting that Chauvin is responsible, he must be found guilty. And now he is found guilty. The left, these these screaming head uh, liberals, have just invalidated a whole summer's worth of rioting and city burning. Yeah, 
So, what do you have to say for yourself now, you stupid idiots? Well, you know what? They got what they wanted. We got a bunch of people who were paid to bring our cities down. Uh, They got Trump out. And now... They got to act like animals. These are evil people, and they're running our country now. Yeah, and 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 now they get to ruin a guy's life. And... I I don't know... their, Their mascot is... A guy, you know, their their anti-racism mascot is a guy yeah. who has held a gun to a baby's head. Yeah, and who OD'd. And I OD'd. Mean, yeah, I mean that's, that's their mascot. What it is? This guy that's OD'd. Their poster boy. It's like okay, you know, is that really who you want? All right, well, yeah. I I mean, but that tells you who they are and what they are, and exactly. Exactly. That that's when you look at it that aspect of him and say, okay, that's who they lionize. Uh, well, that tells you everything you need to know about who they are, what their agenda is, and the the rightness and, and justification of uh, of what they're clamoring for. I, you know what? I this is all I'll say because these jurors did not have a chance to uh, do what they thought was right. There was no way they were going to say not guilty, no yeah. matter what they thought. Right. Um, and, and you people out there who are pretending to be anti-racist by saying Black Lives Matter, if you think that you're not going to be forced to do evil soon, you're out of your mind. They are going... If you're a good person, they're going to come after you. Jesus yeah. said... If the world hates you, remember they hated me first. And that goes back to a Old Testament prediction that said they hate him, him where without reason. And if you're good, they will hate you. If they yep. don't hate you, I would say you're probably not good. And eventually <laughs> <It's true. laughs> they they will they'll harm you if you're good. And this is what you're allowing to happen by pretending to be woke because i know yep. some people are just pretending no, not everybody is this stupid you know that's a good point there, there's got to be a lot of people in the world that that are you know that, that see stuff and they know oh this is this is completely bogus and yet they go along with it and pretend like it's great and proper and good that that's one thing that has always bothered the heck out of me is when people pretend to be stupid. Yeah, I, and there's a lot of that in the world today. I, I think it's an insult to God. It's like I gave you a brain, use it. It's like he gave you a brain and like you're you don't have to one. use it. Yeah. I'm oh gonna, well, I'm that's all the news it. I got. Okay. Well, uh, you know, I I got a few things. Um, so uh, in Australia. Uh, a fellow bought a uh, one of the plastic wrap heads of lettuce, and yeah. he thought he thought he was watching a worm writhing in the plastic until it flicked its tongue out, and he realized it was a snake. Wow! Now here's the thing: his quote it says, "I kind of completely freaked out when I saw this little tongue come out of its mouth and start flicking around, and realized it was a snake." Because worms don't have tongues. He wasn't freaked out about a worm that size being in his lettuce that he just brought home from the grocery. <laughs> yeah, I would have been, huh, yeah. <laughs> but the fact that it's a snake, 
Uh, turns out the snake uh, it was a venomous pale-headed snake that authorities say made uh, the journey to Sydney, Australia from the packing plant in Toowoomba wrapped in plastic with two heads of, of lettuce. Um, I guess it was able to survive on the lettuce. It goes into a refrigerated truck. Snakes, snakes are cold-blooded, right? So their body... Uh, uh, yeah, the uh, processes just kind of slow down in the cold, so it was able yeah. to survive all the way to the supermarket. And then when he's when he gets it home, it's waking up and coming out. Yeah, yeah. It reminds um, me of that um, urban legend about the little kid who's going fishing, and somebody stops by and says, "Hey, uh, you catch anything?" He says, "No, but these these worms keep biting me." And they look, and the kid's got a bunch of, like, baby copperheads, and then what? the kid no. dies. I didn't That's... know that. I hadn't heard that that urban legend. I had, I've had i heard it from, like, like, three separate people. Among, like, Boy Scouts told, and well, stuff, My maybe? uncles told me this, and... Oh, okay. You know, and then I looked it up. Yeah, that's a classic urban legend. So would baby copperheads bite and be... Venomous enough I to kill someone. Know. <laughs> now they did say uh, of this particular snake. Um, let's see. He found the what is wires? The wires rescue organization had a snake handler that took the snake away. Uh, oh, I guess he 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 saw that there was a rip in the plastic, so he stuffed it into a food container right away. And this uh, snake organization said, "Yeah, if you had gotten bitten, you'd have to get to the hospital right away." So yeah, this this was a serious thing. I um, still would have just killed it and not really called. I think I would have or... just yeah taken a knife and just <laughs> cut the head off and there you go. Yeah, well I, now it's you know, dead. I uh, put it put it down the disposal and turn it on or something. I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm I'm not a fan of snakes. All right. Uh, I, the next two kind of go together, and then believe it or not, the two after that do. So, <laughs> Colorado is auctioning off cannabis-themed license plates, uh, cannabis as in pot, uh, selling rights to fourteen plates with cannabis-themed phrases, including "bong," "ganja," uh, "tegrity." Is is that you're a, talking that about? Like name? car license plates with yes. Automobile like van- license plates. Oh, vanity. Okay, vanity plates with like vanity plates okay. that are that are yeah that are uh, cannabis themed, okay. marijuana themed. So yeah. you know hash, uh, but I don't get integrity. T e g r i d y integrity. Is that a is that a cannabis or a, be a, a pot brand board? name or something? I don't know. Is it maybe okay? There's a license plate a with uh, is it four twenty. Um, I guess 420 is a slang for smoking pot. The Democratic governor applauded the effort, saying the state is proud of its creativity and ingenuity. Well, you know, that doesn't surprise me that it's a Democratic governor. Okay, this is stupid. Um, I I can get behind the idea of legalizing marijuana. Uh, It almost... Look, the less control the government has, usually the better. And the fact that they control so many things, I, I don't know. I, I, anytime we can get control away from the government, I think it's usually kind of a good, a good thing. thing. But I'm not a strict yeah. libertarian. 
But then when they when they turn it into some kind of virtue to take part in it, yeah. it's like it's oh, one look, thing to say, look okay, how great we are. We smoke weed. It's kind of like Las Vegas. It's, Isn't Las Vegas one of those cities where where prostitution's allowed, or maybe I, the whole state of Nevada or something like that? I don't know. So it's kind of like assuming they are. It's kind of like you know if Nevada comes out and and comes out with some kind of campaign that like like elevates you know prostitution yeah. or something like that. It yeah, it's 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 gross that that states would get it's, behind it's, something like that. It's just stupid. I mean. Why, why would you advertise the fact that we have a bunch of potheads here? I mean, it, and they're promoting it by they're auctioning them. It's not just that they're making them. It's not just that they're allowing people to get pot themed license plates. They're yeah auctioning them. It's just kind of bizarre. It's it's very bizarre. All right. Uh, it says bid, bids are being collected until. 420 on April 20th, a day considered the unofficial pot holiday. Oh, I guess something happened on that. That day must mean something. Yeah, well, 420, I think, is is a um, is like a code for pot. Yeah, I know, but why? Because of the well, date or because of something else? Or, or, just, or because maybe it was a police scanner code at one time? That could be. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why. All right. Anyway, meanwhile, <laughs> the pot industry wants you to stop using certain pot slang words, including marijuana, uh, which I guess they... That's a slang cons- word? Huh? Yeah, they consider marijuana to be word? a race- racist slang. They say any term applied to cannabis other than cannabis is negligent and abusive behavior that we abhor. The term marijuana is a Mexican slur, although it's tolerated when combined with the word medical for special purposes like medical marijuana. <laughs> the fact that they even care what anybody calls their product is just so stupid. You know, there's so many people who need to, uh, I don't, there's so many things you could care about. In this world, I, I mean, we're we're tearing ourselves apart here, um, and you're worried about what you call I don't pot. Know. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it goes back to you know, Trump's trying to tell us all, hey, China's taken over your country, and we're worried about who's allowed to use the men's and women's bathrooms, and it's like, yeah, it's just so messed up. It's it, yeah. It's, it's like that. It's hard to take any of these people serious. <laughs> All right. Next, you know, the next two, believe it or not, are related as well. Uh, so, um, <laughs> in Canada, Ottawa, Ontario, a Canadian parliament member was caught stark naked in a virtual meeting of the House of Commons. Um <laughs> They've got a. <laughs> they've actually is this got a like video. A, a physical place that in the House of Commons is that a place or is it just like an office where he's in a he's at? Well, it's home a House of Parliament. It's kind of like it's kind of no. It's it's a it's a it's a House of it's kind of like our House of Representatives. Okay, 
It's in that sense. But so there's a but the House of Commons has members just like our House of Representatives. We have the representatives that we elected. They have a House of Commons yeah. and they meet, but they were meeting virtually, so everybody was in their home. And this guy Okay, so they're in their home and he's naked. He he is like completely top to bottom naked. He's he's got uh he's carrying around a cell phone which just by by you know uh grateful chance happens to be covering you know um his uh private area um (laughs) he apologized he says this was an unfortunate error my video was accidentally turned on as i was changing into my work clothes after going for a jog so he had just gotten back from a jog getting ready to enter into a meeting of the house of you know a, a session i don't know of the house of commons and he's yeah. changing into his work clothes and his camera happens to be on. Maybe he should plan for these meetings a little bit more. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, be, be ready in time to start the meeting. <laughs> but like, if you're changing after a jog, part of that usually includes a shower. It's not like you just take your clothes off and then put other clothes on. Yeah. No, I don't think it, exactly. I don't think he was changing showered, I, between a jog. I th- maybe maybe he. This was a real thing. Who walk around naked? He he walks around naked in his house. What's weird? What's really really weird is this: the the video, um, has like two Canadian. Well, one's the the Canadian maple leaf flag. The other one, I don't know whether what exactly. Maybe it's like a. Uh, Ontario flag or something like that, but but two yeah. flags next to him, <laughs> and this is presumably in his house. So he's got these great big flags on flagpoles, and he's walking around naked amongst them. Maybe he just lost a bet. Wrong. <laughs> you know what? That's right. That's right. Like that. Like that episode of Mash. Um, what was was that a bet? Oh lost, yeah, I lost. No, he he made about. a bet. He made a bet. He said, That's "This right. place." He said, "Nobody it's, pays attention to anything around here." He I said, walk "I bet I could walk through the mess hall." The, That's right. <laughs> but he he got all the way there, and then suddenly uh, Riley like like dropped his tray O'Reilly. or something like that. O'Reilly, yeah, he dropped yeah. his tray. One one of them drops her. Somebody Corporal drops her O'Reilly. tray and says, and then everybody starts yelling started and whistling stuff and, and catcalling and everything. And <laughs> that was kind of a funny one. Um, it's weird the things that when I mean you see it on TV and of course he's walking around he looks pretty nude. It's but yeah. When you've it's got funny a higher a def television, you can see you can see little things like his shorts under the the tray that's covering him and stuff oh, like that. Oh right. Mhm. But uh, because yeah. <laughs> I I watch shows like that and I'm I'm just kind of curious. It's like I wonder if, how did they how did they film that? Did was he nude for this scene? Did he walk around nude and then I I pause it? Oh, okay, he's got a pair of shorts on. Yeah, I mean, if they had had all guys, he could have. It would, you know, right? Um, I mean, that you what know, a biggie. but. <laughs> Okay, the oh, next wow. one is kind of related. You know, I, I guess I, I'm almost tempted because it seems to me that the Walmart stories have have slowed down. And, yeah. And, you know, maybe because people aren't going to Walmart anymore. But I think that we've got a new, and I hope the Walmart stories pick back up because they're always so funny. But I think we've got a new thing, which is um, Zoom stories. Um, so yeah. 
so you know house of commons um or uh yeah house uh house of commons um what was his name william amos was his name and in florida we have a nurse who zoom casts a butt injection that she's doing during a courtroom hearing the case was on the court calendar via zoom for a status hearing and she happened to have a patient in there and she's giving him a shot in the butt and she's zoom casting while she's doing, I guess maybe her cell phone. Um, talk about multitasking. <laughs> I know. Is a You're Florida in nurse court. Inadvertently broadcasted herself, giving a patient a butt injection while waiting for her virtual court hearing to begin. <laughs> this is in Miami You're in court, in court, getting ready to go in court. And you're someone giving a someone shot injection in the, butt. in the rear end. <laughs> <laughs> it says People the spokesman said during a waiting these, uh... period prior to the case being brought before the judge uh, Aguero was in the middle of a procedure that involved a male receiving an injection in the butt talks which she appears to have inadvertently broadcast how can you tell that it's a male I mean I guess you could tell a man's butt from a woman's butt but well, I certainly in this, could in this picture it's I mean, it, it's kind of, you know, it's not clear. <laughs> okay. Well, here's the thing. I guess what's going on is the, the Zoom meetings are getting more and more popular and they're being used more and more. And I, I mean, I don't, I don't do them. I don't have them. I don't want them. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I did, I can, when I do do something like that, I kind of prepare for it as if I'm going to sit in an actual meeting. Yeah. But I can imagine as you get more used to it, you're kind of like, you know, I have to wait for this to happen. You got to wait for it. So you find other stuff to do because you're able to do that. And, and then when you get really used to it, you just, you know, you just you do it naked. naked. And that's, <laughs> you know, that, hey, you that know what? I could be walking around naked instead of, doing this instead of preparing for this uh, court hearing. So let me take my clothes off real quick and stand in front yeah, of a flag. I'm next to a big Ontario and a Canada flag. Yeah. And I guess, yeah, I guess these things are going to become more and more. But Common. how, how many things can happen? You know what I mean? I mean, that's kind of the way. Well, we had the one guy who who was uh, the cat lawyer ratifying himself. Oh, what? Um, I didn't hear about that. In the middle of a, it was like last year. It was. Well, it was I did like not some kind that. of. I don't think I, I would have reported There was like that. forty was people, and he's like, "Oh, I'm sorry." Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. But, I mean, that's kind of that's as far as I. You can't get much further than that. I guess well, you, you could <laughs> kill someone. Actually, yeah, no. That, I'm at uh, a court date and I'm killing this guy. I forgot. I didn't you know, know the camera was on. That when I was working uh, at Harmon, um, so a, there was a guy who was attending the meeting, but he was attending from his bed. And the thing is, he didn't intend to be like presenting. The well, he accidentally clicked you know something on his computer that made him the presenter and made it so that he was presenting his camera well the problem is he was in bed and he was naked and i guess 
to make matters worse, this is a guy, and it, it, he was he was a single guy, and he's like Indian, like like not American Indian, yeah. but India Indian, and he's got these like real like like silk pillows and sheets and stuff like that, satin <laughs> pillows and sheets, I, I guess you and stuff like that. <laughs> the thing is, it's like so suddenly, like everybody's screen filled with that. Yeah, I see. Here's the thing: I cannot imagine concentrating on work if I'm naked. Me neither. It's like I, if I'm if I'm work, naked, I like, I want to be dressed, and I that's pretty much all I'm focused on I, until I'm dressed. I have I, a hard time not going. I just to put can't imagine on. having a conversation at all until I'm dressed. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Maybe some people are so. Call me on the phone. Comfortable naked. If you wake I, me up, uh, you know, and, and I'm just getting out of the shower in the morning, I grab the phone, I answer it. Hey, Dan. You know, hold on. I, I gotta get to you. dressed. Hold on, let me go get dressed, and I'll talk to you. <laughs> I, just, I don't know. It's a whole new I think world, we're baby. Finding I guess, out you know? <laughs> that there are a lot of people who walk around naked in their homes. And we didn't know about it before, and now we're knowing about it. I guess that's the thing. It's yeah. This is this is kind of a uh, a uh, unveiling of sorts. Is <laughs> the way the yeah. world is is that we never knew. <laughs> I can promise you'll never see this podcast with me naked. Cause... Nope, nope, me neither. It's it's uh, <laughs> we will spare you that. It, it'll never happen. <laughs> all right, that's all I've got. Okay. <laughs> all right, we're. I'm gonna. All right, we'll have some um, stuff to cut well, out, so we'll be fine. Yeah, the, I I have a feeling this is gonna be much shorter because we got some editing. But well, folks, think about what we said, and as always, circle the beads, and uh, we'll see you next week. Bye, everyone. <laughs>